Welcome to the Biz Times MKE podcast and our weekly debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, an associate editor here at Biz Times. This week, I'm joined by three of my colleagues, uh, Lauren Anderson, also an associate editor here at Biz Times. Lauren, how are you doing? Oh, doing pretty, pretty well. Thanks for having me. Excellent. We got Brandon Andereg, uh, reporter at Biz Times. Brandon, how's it going? Doing good, thanks. And last but not least, Andrew Weiland, our editor here at Biz Times. Andrew, how are you? Pretty good. Hanging in there. Hanging in there. It's a Friday. Um, Want to jump into recapping the week. But before we do that, uh, thank you, as always, to those of you who are already Biz Times insiders for your support and for helping uh, make our journalism possible. So we appreciate that. If you're not already a Biz Times insider, join us at biztimes.com to subscribe. Uh, one kind of big story I want to touch on for the week, um, Inc. Magazine put out their annual Inc. 5000, and it sound, looks like I think 53 Wisconsin companies made the list. Uh, clicking back through the years, that seems about you know the neighborhood we're usually in. Uh, 19 of them uh, in southeastern Wisconsin, so that's uh, cool to see. Uh, not uh, quite the performance we had a few years ago when Wisconsin had the number one company overall on the list. That was Swan Leap, um, who you may have seen at our Biz Expo event a few years back. Um, but a pretty good showing on the list overall. Um, two companies in particular that stand out, um, Front Desk and Parts Badger. Um, Brandon, you've, uh, you've covered front desk a little bit. Um, what can you tell us about them? What do they do? Um, what are they all about? Sure. Well, just to kind of start with their, with their data or their stats, uh, for the list, they're number 136 and, uh, they've had a three-year growth rate of just over 3000%. Um, another summary of the company, uh, they lease apartments in upscale neighborhoods and they sublet them, um, primarily to businesses and I'm sorry, to business uh, travelers and also personal travelers uh, for short, short-term stays. Uh, the startup also provides on-site management of its properties, um, which are scattered throughout the entire country. Uh, to dive a little bit deeper on their footprint, Front Desk is in 35 markets across the U.S. and in more than 160 buildings and 700 fully managed suites. Um, in fact, they just added Austin, Philadelphia, and Nashville to their footprint in the spring, and they also expect to double their portfolio this year. Um, the company said it doubled its growth in 2020, which, as we know, happened during the pandemic. And they also say they're on pace to be profitable in, in 2022 or by 2022. Um, the company just raised $7 million and kind of an interesting point that was brought up by one of its lead investors, uh, Stormbreaker Ventures, is that Front Desk is up to 10 times more capital efficient than its peers. I think one of its peers would be Sonder, which is kind of a similar, has a similar model. Um, but the fact that it's more capital efficient uh, bodes well for the company's underlying uh, unit economics. I feel like I remember that like when that mean is business, you know, business travel related um, company. Uh, it's kind of one of those when, when the pandemic hit, you know, I think they had to do some quick soul searching and figure out, you know, okay, how do we, how are we going to survive this? Um, and it seems like they've managed to do that and kind of come out the other side even stronger and, and growing for sure. Right. Um, so company number two that we want to talk about, uh, parts badger, um, the second highest on the list from 
Southeastern Wisconsin, they came in at number 525. Um, this is a company up in Cedarburg that does CNC machining, um, which, you know, that kind of stands out as, you know, on the Inc. 5000 list, you know, you're talking about super fast growing companies, you know, super fast privately held companies, um, which, you know, CNC machine shops, yeah, you think privately held, you think independent, but super fast growing um, doesn't always, you know, jump the top of mind. And the Inc. 5000 list, you think, you know, more tech oriented things, um, I think kind of maybe service type companies, but seeing a, uh, a manufacturer land on there and, and, you know, manufacturer in the kind of machine shop area, um, definitely interesting there. Um, in the midst of an expansion, $155 million, one, sorry, $1.55 million. Let's not uh, blow it up too big. Uh, $1.55 million parts badger expansion going to create another 26 jobs. Um, that's getting some support from the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation. Um, and uh, Brandon, I think you've written a little bit about these folks. What kind of makes them unique um, in terms of what, they are, what they're doing? So when I talked to the CEO, just I think it was last month, uh, one of the first stats that he pointed out to me is that the company had, you know, was growing uh, by 60% on a 12-month rolling basis. Um, and he, he really attributed the success of the company to how it's applied its technology to its operations um, to create, you know, this dynamic and responsive manufacturing system that they have there. And that their core technology uh, involves a, a quoting tool that analyzes 3D parts and PDF files to kind of instantly quote parts for CNC machining, which normally takes... Uh, three to five days. So, you know, as a manufacturing company, it is kind of a surprise, I suppose, to see them on the list. But uh, at the same time, they really le leverage that technology uh, that makes them unique and and speeds up that that process that, you know, unusual circumstances can take a, a few weeks. So, yeah. And if anyone's interested in learning more about Parts Badger, um, Alex Zenk, um, one of our reporters did an extensive cover story on them um, in October of last year. Um, we went up and, and talked with the founders and and really got kind of a, a deep background on the inside. So we'll have that in the show notes um, if you're interested in checking that out. Um, and I believe we're going to have some coverage um, of some of these other companies on the Inc. 5000 list as well here in the uh, the coming months because these are fast-growing, um, privately held independent companies, which, um, you know, we're part of our mission here at BizTimes is to serve um, those companies with, uh, with stories and insights that help them grow. So um, we're looking to learn more from some of these companies. Uh, with that, uh, we're going to transition, play a little, uh, a little bit of a game, a little bit of a thought exercise. Um, the idea of, you know, fast-growing companies and significant, important companies got us thinking about, um, you know, companies in the region that are um, interesting, um, important, um, significant to the future of the region. Um, we don't have an exact criteria for this, but um, we wanted to, to highlight maybe a few additional interesting companies. So we're going to do a, a, a little draft of sorts um, and each pick a few that, that we find interesting. Um, so Andrew, I did a, a random draw before we hopped on to record this and, and you got the first pick. Um, so congratulations. 
Um, so we'll, we'll start off with you. Number one, most interesting, most intriguing, most significant company in the region that you're, you're following. Oh, it's so good to have the first pick. Um, and I often tell my team that I feel the most important, the most interesting, the most exciting company that we are covering right now in Southeastern Wisconsin um, is Milwaukee Tool. Milwaukee Tool, um, you know, it wasn't too long ago when they were pretty quiet. And, you know, you could be forgiven if you thought they weren't around the region anymore. They just didn't have much of a presence tucked in a corner in Brookfield. But then they expanded their, their headquarters not once but twice. And now they're making massive plans to expand to downtown Milwaukee. They have plans for a campus, like another headquarters campus, basically, in Menominee Falls. Um, you know, unfortunately, the, the manufacturing of Milwaukee Tool left uh, the Milwaukee area years ago, but they're bringing some of that back with a, Milwaukee, with a manufacturing facility uh, they're gonna establish in West Bend. So they have been growing and continue to grow by leaps and bounds um, adding new facilities, adding more employees, highly paid employees, hiring a lot of engineers. This is the type of exciting, fast growth company um, with high paying jobs, adding more high paying jobs, type of company that our region desperately needs. And uh, so we are, we are gonna continue to follow Milwaukee Tool very, very closely. Certainly. You look at the stories we had last week about the slow population growth in the region and, and they're one that's, you know, potentially altering that. So Lauren, uh, you have the second pick, the second overall pick in the biz times, uh, company draft, but to come up with a name for this, um, but Lauren, you get the second pick. So, uh, who are you looking at? Well, shockingly, I've never been invited to, um, participate in a draft before. So, uh, this is a big day for me, and we're just shattering <laughs> some glass ceilings in this company. Um, my pick is not a new company, but actually an old company that is uh, might as well be a new company. It's Doman. Um, so Doman's 160 years old, and about three years ago, um, after uh, you know being in the pharmaceutical industry, they decided they didn't want to be part of the problem anymore related to chronic health conditions in America and decided that they're going to be part of the solution. So they re, um, redid basically the whole company by um, focusing instead on food, healthy food as a preventative um, health measure uh, to, to prevent chronic disease. So they did that by, um, uh, well, they sold off their life sciences building, uh, I'm sorry, uh, sector business. They, um, uh, reconfigured from a, a closely held business um, to a B Corp, a benefit corp. They were first, the first um, company in the, in the country to do that. So it's a nonprofit uh, business run by a foundation um, and uh, re, redid their model. So what that's looked like is they um, recently launched in, in the pandemic, actually a, a food program uh, food benefit program for people that are members of the Common Ground Healthcare out of um, Brookfield. 
uh, providing healthy meals to low-income people. Um, and they're actually gonna use that as a model to launch a for-profit um, uh, business offering, which is uh, uh, food as a benefit for companies. So like a company would offer healthcare benefits, uh, drug benefits uh, or pharmaceutical benefits, they're gonna offer food as a benefit to um, local employers um, and get delivered to a employer uh, employees right on site. And um, anyway, so they're doing interesting things um, and trying to tackle a big problem here locally. Certainly. And and uh, Kathy Kaskarian um, was leading that company, um, was our Women Executive of the Year um, at our Women in Business event this week. Um, if you didn't get a chance to attend that event, I'm sure we'll have that up um, on demand um, here in the near future. So um, I've got the third pick, um, which this was done via random number generator. So sorry, Brandon, uh, the computer didn't, didn't side with you there. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, with Generac here. Um, another manufacturer, another fast growing company, um, uh, made news recently as they're kind of taking over some space that was previously occupied by American family, um, in Pewaukee. Um, but you know, they're just the, the numbers with them are kind of staggering. Um, and I think everyone kind of got a locally got a sense of why with the power outages we had with the recent, you know, sequence of storms, um, Generac, their main product is a home standby generator that kicks on when the power goes out. Um, and every time there's some kind of natural disaster or big power outage event, people realize how much of an inconvenience it is to not have the power in your home. Um, especially with more people working from home and different things like that. Um, and so, you know, having reliable power becomes more and more important. So they're, um, you know, gaining more and more, more and more momentum um, on that front. And then on top of that, they're expanding into the clean energy space um, with technology and equipment that helps convert um, the solar power. Um, if you have a rooftop solar, converting that into energy to use in your home. Um, energy to sell back onto the grid, things like that. The, the equipment that makes these things possible um, is what they're, they're working on. So um, really interesting company that's been fast growing, making acquisitions, expanding into new areas, adding employees. I think that kind of hits all the high points of, of uh, what we're talking about on this list. So uh, with that, Brandon, you get the, uh, the fourth pick and the fifth. So let's, uh, what's the first one that you got here on your list? Yeah, well, for, for my two picks, you know, if you've followed my coverage of startups, you've probably heard of them. Um, the first one is Fiveable. And uh, the reason that I picked Fiveable, and the same reason that I picked the second one, which I'll give it away, is Wash B&B, uh, is because both of these startups um, launched before the pandemic, uh, yet the pandemic kind of helped them out, helped their their business models. Um, Fiveable is, you know, this this platform that it built to connect teachers and students for virtual after-school help uh, sessions uh, through live streaming. And, um, you know, with kids learning from home during the pandemic, um, they really saw their numbers uh, increase um, over the last, you know, 12 to 17 months. And then we've got Wash B&B, which is a fold and linen laundry service for Airbnb hosts. Um, that's another example of where, you know, during the pandemic, people are 
generally not traveling as much, but when they are traveling, they are, you know, looking for a place to stay other than a hotel. So somebody's house that they're, you know, an, an Airbnb. And so I think they've seen their, their numbers increase as well as um, people, you know, start to go on vacation as the, uh, as things kind of somewhat uh, return to normal. So uh, those are the two that I picked. Certainly exciting ones and, and companies that are, have been fast growing and kind of taking advantage of the opportunity that's in front of them. And I mean, Fiveable has been getting all these, you know, has gained investment from a lot of high profile people. So um, I got pick number, I think it's six. Um, and I'm a little torn. Um, I think Andrew, you're going to, you may not agree with this pick, but I'm going to, I think I'm going to go with it. Um, I'm going to go with Foxconn. Oh boy. Um, you know, even uh, though certainly in the news, yeah, <laughs> certainly in the news, you know, I would say, so, you know, having covered them since they kind of, you know, this project arrived on our radar, um, they are, I mean, there was such a big promise that has not been lived up to. Um, and I think it almost obscures like anything that happens that is, you know, progress for that, for that site or that project. And there's certainly lots of challenges and it's not really clear what the heck is going on exactly, you know, what they're going to make at, in Mount Pleasant. Um, but, you know, the reality is there is a, a giant building that's been put up um, and, you know, hopefully that can get up to speed and be employing thousands of people here at some point, whether they're doing it or whether, you know, they leave at some point and someone else uses that facility. Um, you know, hopefully that gets put to use. Obviously there's exciting possibilities that they'd be making electric vehicles there. You know, um, I think we're at the point of it's, it's not even fool me once, fool me twice. It's like fool me five times or something. I don't know. Um, but you know, let's kind of see some proof, but it's such a big project. Um, there's a big facility there. Um, there's so much potential and back to actually Milwaukee tool. When we think about, you know, attracting more people to the region, you know, the kind of job opportunity that they promised talked about is the kind of thing that probably the region needs to make a, a significant change in its kind of growth trajectory, um, to keep up with other areas. So, uh, for those reasons, I'm, I'm putting them on the list. Um, even if they don't kind of fit the same bill as some of the other ones we've talked about. Yeah, they're not they're not the good news story the others are, but they're certainly interesting and not so good way, but absolutely important. And um, they will continue to be a very important focus as far as what in the world is is up over there. So Lauren, you've got uh, the seventh pick. Um, who else do you have in your list? So I chose Advent. Advent is um, a medical practice that is rapidly expanding. Um, it was founded in 2004 by an um, audiologist, or I'm sorry, by Dr. Madan Kadula, who's an ENT, and his wife, who's an audiologist. And they started with one practice in Wauwatosa and have since grown to 10 um, clinics throughout Wisconsin. And they recently went into um, Chicago market. Um, basically, Dr. Kandula um, helped pioneer an innovative uh, treatment for sinus and snoring issues. 
um, and they've just seen an increasing demand for their services with uh, sleep apnea being such a, a significant um, issue for a lot of people. And um, the main thing is they do primarily outpatient procedures, um, whereas that is uh, fi fixing sinus issues is often invasive uh, in, in traditional healthcare settings, um, or it has been up to this point. So they've kind of pioneered this minimally invasive procedure to fix those issues. So I've been watching them. Um, they've got plans for more growth. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw several new clinic locations in the next year or so. Um, so that's who I chose. Growth stories are always good. You know, we like to tell those stories a lot more than the the opposite, the contraction, the the, the loss of of operations. So, all righty, Andrew, uh, you got that first pick, but you know that's the downside here. You got to wait till till number eight now. Um, who you got? Who you gonna wrap us up with? Uh, tough choice, but I'm gonna pick something that I think is kind of fun. And at a risk of uh, great overexposure or jumping on the bandwagon, I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, who's had a better year? And, you know, I think we have to realize, okay, they won the NBA championship first time in 50 years, and that was very exciting. But it really was extraordinary to see, you know, you know they're playing, even when they're not playing games, at Pfizer Forum, the number of people that were coming downtown into the area around the arena, the so-called Deer District, to watch them play, you know, as on, 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 a, on a big video screen, you know, a, a tremendous community gathering and community bonding uh, experience. We knew they were trying to create that. They were trying with the Deer District development, they were trying to create, you know, a you know, kind of the living room or whatever, a focal point for downtown Milwaukee. I think that's succeeded beyond their wildest dreams. And it, it certainly begs the question of what will be done for an encore. Obviously, on the court, everyone's going to want to see, can they win the championship again? But for Milwaukee, what's going on off the court is just as important, if not more important. The, the you know, the, the Deer District really before the pandemic was probably the hottest spot in town. I think it's fair to say it is, it is again, um, you know, all those businesses except one have reopened Punchbowl social Punchbowl social re recently announced they are going to reopen soon. And then there's a whole lot of land still in that area to be developed. The bucks still, they control the former Bradley center site. What is going to happen there? That is a big site. Um, to the north of the arena. They basically control, you know, almost the entire Park East corridor west of the Milwaukee River. And there's still a lot of land up there that they need to develop or they intend to. There were our plans for a hotel, which is supposed to break ground by the end of the year. So what becomes of the rest of the Deer District, as successful as it is already, and with number of people that were brought downtown, um, has been extraordinary when, you know, they're in the playoffs, but what about when they're not in the playoffs? What about, you know, a 365, you know, day a year thing, how much more can they develop and, and, and turn that neighborhood into a, you know, a year round vibrant destination. They're off to a great start. 
um, but there's a lot more that they have to do. And, you know, it's, it's gonna, there's, there's a lot of stake for downtown Milwaukee and, you know, the, the, the momentum is there. I mean, they have, you know, what's fascinating to me is because of them winning the championship, being on national TV, those huge crowds, all of America now knows what the Deer District is. Like it's a household term and the Bucks need to leverage that now in attracting businesses and attracting more development over there. Hey, come join the excitement. It'll be interesting to see if they can. Yep. That'll be the, that's the key. And as long as, you know, they got the momentum and, and we have Giannis in place for, uh, a few more years at least. So, and uh, he's demonstrated at least once he's got, you know, maybe bionic knees or something that, that mm. keep him keeps him healthy. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where Milwaukee, um, where that area goes here in the future. So um, that wraps up our draft. Uh, Andrew, anyone, did you have any undrafted free agents you wanted to uh, anyone we didn't get to that you want oh, to talk I about? Mention, I, I can mention a couple um, another sports note, uh, Kohler Company is on my list. Um, obviously, they're going to be hosting the Ryder Cup coming up in September. They had announced a pretty significant expansion of a plant, not in Kohler, but in Sheboygan County in the town of Mosul. Um, so, you know, they're an interesting company. Uline is another one. Um, you did a cover story about them, uh, I think it was early last year. Continues to grow. I believe Brandon reported recently that they've hired 300 people in southeastern Wisconsin already this year. They're trying to hire another 125. I've lost track of how many facilities they have in Kenosha County. Um, you know, it's really an extraordinary growth company. It was a big success for Wisconsin to lure them from Illinois. They have done nothing but grow and grow and grow since they've come here. We'll wrap it up there. Andrew, Lauren, Brandon, thank you for joining me on the BizTimes MKE podcast and our weekly debrief. We'll talk to you next week.